0: I feel very privileged to be able to speak to you uh, this morning, and one of the reasons it is, is because we've been doing a series on Colossians, and I was due to take the last Colossians uh, little segment uh, today, and I got an email from uh, Toby RQ a couple of weeks ago to say actually he'd rearranged things, and Becky was going to finish it off last week, so I didn't need to do that, so I could speak about whatever... I wanted to this morning, so uh, we finished Colossians. If you hadn't uh, realised, a really good series. I, I personally enjoyed it. Hope you did too. And today I'm going to speak about something of my choosing. And so when I was praying about the different things that I could speak about, I really felt I just wanted to speak about something that might be relevant to you today. And then this week I had a conversation with somebody, and the person I was speaking to, this guy said he was really struggling uh, to be able to not worry about the future. There's a number of circumstances in his life which have been just seeming to be too out of control, too much, and we were chatting, and I thought, actually, that why don't I speak about, about that? Because that's something that the Bible speaks about. He wanted not to worry, knows the Bible says do not worry, but was struggling to know how to do that, and I know what that's like myself. I know what it's like to worry. I know what it's like to have things go round and round in your head, and they keep coming back. And so I thought I'd um, see what the Bible says about this this morning. And so this is the passage we're looking at, and it's from Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus himself speaks about worry. So uh, we did this with Sarah a few weeks ago. She got everyone to say something uh, when the, the word came up in the passage as, we, as she read it out. I thought we'd do that today. So the word you've got to look out for is worry. Worry. Okay, this is the word you've got to look out for. It appears a few times, about six times in this passage. Do not worry. Matthew 6 uh, starts for 25. So it's going to come up on the screen, hopefully. Here it is. And uh, so when, when I, I'm going to stop, and you're all going to say the word worry. Okay, just so emphasize how often this appear, appears in Jesus' teaching from Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not, about your life, What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any One of you, by add a single hour to your life. And why do you, about clothes, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not about tomorrow, for tomorrow will about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It seems to me that worry was right right up there on the list of things that Jesus was concerned about for the people who were following him. Now, the Bible talks a lot about planning. Planning, good. Thinking about the future, sorting things out, good. The Bible is positive about planning. The Bible is not positive about worry. The the word for worry here is a a word which is around uh, being distracted, uh, being divided in your head, being distracted. I think we know that feeling, don't we? We know that idea that we know that situation is when we get distracted and those things keep coming back to us again and again and again and we struggle sometimes to deal with those things and Jesus got a few things to help us with that if you're somebody who suffers from anxiety there's a lot of help you can get for anxiety there's a lot of counsellors who can help there's medical staff who can help uh, Jane Kirby, who's a member of our church, is launching a book in a, f- a few uh, months' time, a few at some point over the summer, all about anxiety. It's a devotional book, so the resources to help if you suffer from anxiety. But all of us, to some extent, suffer from worry, uh, which is why Jesus spoke about it. So the first thing Jesus says here is that worrying is futile it's futile verse 27 can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life what worrying has been said is a bit like being in a rocking chair go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards backwards and forwards but never making any movement never making any progress You're still in the same place as you were before. It's ultimately futile, Jesus said. You can't add any single hour to your life, and yet it can be quite a destructive thing for you at the time. The psychologist, professor of psychologist, uh, Lucas Laforenri, a PhD, said, this is what breaks my heart about worry. It makes you miserable in the present moment to try and prevent misery in the future. So you're trying to prevent misery in the future by worrying, and yet it makes you miserable right now. It's a problem for us. It's a problem for me. The study that they connected... Uh, Michelle Newman and uh, Lucas Lafranreri went on to study worry and it, it asked uh, people who were uh, worrying and it did this study and it asked these people to at 10 o'clock at night to just write down what their worries were for that day, what they'd been consumed by in their minds and just record the details of that, how much time they spent worrying on those things. And then a few weeks later they studied. And how many of those things that they had been worrying about had actually happened? Around 92% of those things that they had been worrying about had not happened. So they'd spent all this time consumed with these things that actually had not even happened. It was a total waste. It's a waste of the moment. Jesus says it's futile. Now, we probably all know it's futile, but it doesn't make it any easier to stop. So what does Jesus say about helping us to stop worrying? Verse 26. And this is around an issue essentially of trust, Jesus says. And he does it by using the lesser which is a common at the time a common Jewish way of arguing and making a point going from the smaller to the bigger going from the lesser to the greater so making a point from a smaller thing to a bigger thing so jesus puts it like this look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they or see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, will really he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? It's a challenge for us. Just saying, it's an issue of, of trust. Think, hang on hang on, you're worrying about your life and what you will be clothed with or what you will wear or your food and yet these birds are absolutely fine but you are much more valuable to God than them. It's a question of trust, isn't it? Or he says the flowers, they look beautiful, even more beautiful than Solomon and his robes Will your heavenly father not clothe you more than those flowers? It's a bit like a, this is like a love letter. Jesus saying, your heavenly father absolutely adores you, absolutely loves you. You are so, so, so valuable to your heavenly father much more valuable even than these birds and animals, and they're okay. Isn't he so concerned with you and your life? He is so concerned with your life, and you are so valuable to him. Therefore, you can trust him with your life. Worry, to some extent, is a control issue. We are trying to control things through our minds and through what we are concerned about, that we take control over things, which ultimately we don't need to take control over. We can give them over and trust them to our Heavenly Father. Rick Warren puts it like this. Worrying is essentially a control issue. It's trying to control the uncontrollable. We can't control the economy, so we worry about the economy. We can't control our children, so we worry about our children. We can't control the future, so we worry about the future. But worry never solves anything. It's stewing without doing. It's stewing without doing. It's an interesting thing when we start to worry about something and it goes over and over in our minds. It's a good point, it's a good time to then say, okay, what is it I'm trying to control in this situation? What is it? What is... What is the challenge here that I can't control this, therefore my mind's going over and over and over again? What is the root cause of this worry? And then deal with the root cause because it can highlight something that maybe you can't control or maybe something you love too much, something perhaps has become an idol to you. I don't know what it is, but it can help you by analyzing what it is you're trying to control. Martin Luther. I mean, people have been worrying all through the centuries. Martin Luther living hundreds of years ago. He looked at his friend, uh, Philip, Philip Melanchthon, one day, who was worried about how things were going. And he said to Philip, let Philip cease to rule the world. Let Philip cease to rule the world. When you're worrying about something, why don't you say to yourself, let Simon cease to rule the world. If I think about it in the church context, I mean, there's so much we could, I could worry about, and I do worry about in this church context. So many people, so many buildings, so, ma- so many issues, so many concerns. And I have to purposely saying, I'm not ruling this church. Let Simon cease to rule the church. Let Simon cease to rule the world. What about in your life? What are the things that you're worrying about? Let Ian cease to rule the world. Let Natalie cease to rule the world. Let Rebecca cease to rule the world. If you say that to yourself when you're worrying, allow God to control the world. Let God control your future. Let not you rule the world. It's a control issue, Jesus is saying. Thirdly, Jesus says, Raise up your sights. Raise up your eyes. Focus on something bigger. Is not life more than food? Is not life more than the clothes you wear? Is it not something much more than those things that you worry about? Often when we worry about things, if we really, really can take a, a, a view, a bigger view of your life, those things seem very petty in the end. In a year's time, on two years' time, five years' time, ten years' time, you will not be worrying about that thing that you were worrying about a few days ago. Take a bigger view. Is not like life much more than this, Jesus is saying. And it's interesting that psychologists uh, talk uh, these days about the importance of awe in one's life. Awe, as in looking at something big and being awe-inspired. Jennifer Stella, professor of psychology, says, we share a universal problem right now. We're all busy, we're stressed, but experiencing awe can quiet that ego. She goes on, researchers define awe as the positive emotion you feel when you're in the presence of something so fast that you can't immediately understand it. Awe is often found in nature, the experience of watching the sunrise over the ocean or an empty beach or taking a long hike in a dense forest. But it can also be experienced by looking at a cityscape, listening to music, or absorbing a piece of art that transports you to a sublime place, reminding you that there's something bigger out there. We were created for awe. We were created for more we're not meant to be down in the dirt we 're meant to be out in the world of awe, and that 's why just going out to uh, be see the sea can sometimes relieve stress of worries because we just are drawn to the fact that there 's something that 's much bigger. Than us, and it takes away from our smallness. That's why uh, it, nature, going into the beautiful nature, helps us to look up and look out of ourselves, get out of ourselves. That's why psychologically, this person I don't think is a Christian at all, but just recognizes the fact that we're made for more. We, we have a, a A beautiful Safe Haven Women project and a Safe Haven Men project in here on a Monday and a Thursday. And one of the things we love about this project is not a clinical setting for people who are often struggling in their life, but we bring them in to this brilliant building we can look up and see these stained glass windows and these pieces of fantastic artwork and go it inspires you when you walk into a building we're made for more we're made for awe and the, and jesus says he says seek first his kingdom And his righteousness, and all these things will be going into you as well. Those things that you're worrying about, don't worry about those things. Seek first his kingdom, which is much bigger and better and more majestic and more beautiful than us. Seek first his kingdom. And then all these other little things, they work themselves out. Don't worry about them, is essentially what Jesus is saying. Take a step of faith, first of all. To go think of what what's the kingdom of God look like in my life. What is God calling me to do? What's the adventure of my life? What am I really called to? Who am I called to be in God? God, help me to follow you and put you first in my life. That's what you're called to. You're called to more, you're called to all. And all these little things, they will sort themselves out, Jesus says. Oh, you of little faith. It is a challenge. He's not just saying, oh, oh I'm really sorry that you're worrying a little bit. Um, I'm really trying to help you. He said, no, I'm going to call you to something much greater. Take uh, that step of faith, to be the person God's called you to be and do the things that God is calling you to be. Act with integrity. Don't worry about the financial details. They will sort themselves out, but act with integrity. Be the truthful person who you're meant to be. Talk about Jesus in a way that is attractive to people. Pray for the kingdom of God to come. All those other things, they will sort themselves out. Don't get stuck in the dirt, Jesus is saying, but seek first the kingdom of God and everything else, everything else will follow on. We're called to awe and we're called to more, Jesus is saying. And finally... And Jesus doesn't really say this exactly here, but it does say this in, um, in Philippians. Uh, turn that worry into prayer. Get God involved in the worry that is concerning you. Because you might need to do some spiritual battle on that worry that you have. It might be that it's carrying on, carrying on, and you just need to bring it to God in prayer. And that, that's why it says um, I was reading something from Amazon, and it's saying what they, they can work out, and this is uh, perhaps concerning to uh, us, but they can work out which is the most underlined v- verse of the Bible, because they can now track it, because people use Kindles, I think that's how they do it, and then they underline in the Kindle, and then they can work out which is the most underlined verse in the Bible, and the the answer is it comes from Philippians, Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7, which funnily enough is all about worry. So this is the message version of the Bible, Paul writing to the church in Philippi don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns before you know it, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It's wonderful when the peace of God, which transcends understanding, keeps your heart and mind secure it's wonderful when that happens but it does need us to turn our worries into prayers there's a fantastic book by brian stevenson who's a civil rights campaigner in the states he wrote a book called just mercy which has been made into a film and he a uh, lawyer working in the States representing people who were unjustly convicted for crimes which they didn't do. And yet the justice system there was trying to uh, lock them up. And there's one case he writes about where there were a number of witnesses to this, uh, the fact that this person, this man, had not done the crime And he managed to win the argument that they were now allowed to testify on behalf of the defendant. And those witnesses were only really allowed to have one person to represent them. And it was, they chose this one African-American woman called Mrs. Williams. And so he managed to get Mrs. Williams to come to the court to testify on behalf of the defendant. And He'd done all of that work, and then he says he faced a problem. One older woman named Mrs. Williams was chosen to represent this group, but there was another big problem. A huge German shepherd dog stood guard outside the courtroom when Mrs. Williams, who was completely afraid of dogs, saw the dog's size She froze, and then her body began to shake. Tears started running down her face before she turned around and ran out of the courtroom. She said later that day, I wanted to be in there so bad, but when I saw that dog, all I could think about was Selma, Alabama, 1965. I remember how they beat us. I remember the dogs. I wanted to move and I tried to move, but I just couldn't do it. And she walked away with tears running down her face. The next day, her sister told Stevenson that Mrs. Williams didn't eat or talk to anybody all night. They just heard her praying all night long the same prayer Lord, I can't be scared of no dog. Lord, I can't be scared of no dog. Lord, I can't be scared of no dog. The next morning, she walked up to Stevenson in the courtroom. She said, I ain't scared of no dog. I ain't scared of no dog. She walked right past the huge German shepherd dog into the courtroom. Sometimes there's something in our life Which seems to worry us so much, we can't get rid of it. It keeps coming back. Some fear, some worry, something we're concerned about, it keeps coming back to us. And in those times, we just need to do some spiritual warfare, just like Mrs. Williams, through the night. And take that thing that is your worry. I ain't scared of that worry. I ain't scared of that worry. I ain't scared of that worry. I don't know what it is, that big dog, that big German shepherd dog in your life, but you don't have to be scared of it. You can defeat that worry, but you do need to do it in the context of prayer. Because you've got the God who looks after all the lilies of the valley You've got the God who looks after all the beautiful birds of the air on your side, who absolutely loves you, absolutely cares for you, and does not want you to live your life miserable through worry and will be with you to defeat all those worries. Because tomorrow can look after itself. But don't be miserable today. May the peace of Christ reign in your life, in your mind, in your heart, today and forever more.